0: Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 866. Today I'm continuing the conversation about Star Wars Catalyst, a Rogue One novel, and specifically diving into some spoilery stuff about the character from Rogue One that, surprise, arrives inside Catalyst. And we learn a lot about this character's relationship to the Ursos. Punch it, Chewie. <laughs> Hey, I'm Anthony Bresnigan, covering the Star Wars Galaxy for Entertainment Weekly, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and, you know, in 866-plus episodes of doing the podcast I haven't really been sick knock on wood but yesterday for episode 865 I had the first experience of what it was like to try to record the podcast while I was not at full strength specifically I was flat on my back suffering from some sort of abdominal issue I don't want to get into the details with you because quite honestly you don't want to hear them But be that as it may, I listened back to the recording and somehow it doesn't sound like I was pained or strained at all in the midst of recording the podcast, which is very odd because I was exactly that. So thank you very much for not noticing. There haven't been any comments about the delivery of the podcast yesterday in that regard. So I'm very gratified for that. And I feel a heck of a lot better today. So so much the better. And just in time to get deeper into Star Wars Catalyst, a Rogue One novel. Now, let this serve as the official warning that this is now heading into spoiler territory. Yesterday's review was a non-spoiler review. If you haven't listened to it yet, then feel free to listen without fear of anything being spoiled for you. Today, however, if you intend on reading the novel and don't want it spoiled for you, then you want to save this podcast for a later date. If, however, you don't mind the spoiler or you just want me to tell you what the deal is without you having to read the book, then we're going to jump right into it. So a big deal was made about the fact that Saw Gerrera was making the leap from animated series to a live action movie, but little did we know that he's making a different jump first. He's actually making the jump to the printed page in Star Wars Catalyst. Now, I talked briefly and indirectly about Haas Obit, a smuggler character in the new novel who starts off taking jobs for Krennic and ultimately gets his own crisis of conscience which leads him to assemble a ragtag group of smugglers and rogues for one last mission that he suspects is ultimately a trap being set for him and his kind by Krennic. The team of rogues that he assembles includes Saw Gerrera, who, by the description in the book, or the lack of description in the book, does not appear to have any prosthetics at this point. As in, no mention is made of the metal leg that we see him stumping around in in Rogue One. He seems to be fully intact and fully in command of his health and his faculties. In fact, he's a rather imposing force among this group of rebellious folks, And yeah, there's still a lot of time in between when this novel takes place and the actual movie Rogue One, so certainly more than enough time for him to start having failing health and have prosthetics added and so on and so forth. So what happens as a result of Haas's recruitment of Saw and the rest of these rogues is a protracted engagement with the Empire against the salient system, which is in corporate sector territory. Yes, the infamous corporate sector, which I personally am much more familiar with from the original Han Solo novels. Han Solo at Star's End, Han Solo's Revenge, Han Solo and the Lost Legacy. You remember those, don't you? And even though it was supposed to be a setup that ended up getting Haas and his compatriots killed or captured, it ends up working out for Krennic anyway because it keeps his rivals engaged over salient and away from him trying to ladder climb around the Death Star project but that's not Saw's only appearance in the novel. After he escapes from the engagement around the salient system, he ends up being drawn into the plot to rescue the Ursos from Coruscant, from their quote-unquote gilded cage, as it were. Certainly though, Haas Obit is very deeply responsible for getting the Ursos off Coruscant because he, along with the Ursos, engage in a bit of subterfuge and make it seem as though the Ursos are headed for a spaceport where Haas is landing. Krennic, of course, jumps the gun and heads for that spaceport to try and trap the Ursos as they're trying to escape, but of course they're not heading there. They're heading for an entirely different location where Saw Gerrera is waiting to pick them up and spirit them away. And spirit them, he does, which leads to his first fateful meeting with the young Jin Erso, who is all but three or four years old, maybe, right in that range. And he helps them relocate to the planet that we see them on in Rogue One. And no, I won't leave you hanging, but I'm not sure about the pronunciation, but it would be Lamu, L A H apostrophe M U. Lamu, that's the name of the planet to which the Ursos relocate. Saw describes this planet as remote, a bit desolate, but tranquil, with plenty of room for this one to run around, referring to Jin. And in a lovely, touching moment, little Jinn asks her parents if Saw can come and live with them, too, to which, of course, Galen has to say, Sorry, Saw is a busy pilot, but I'm sure he'll visit us, and Saw, of course, agrees, saying someone needs to keep an eye on you three and thus we have some indication about how Saw and the Ursos will interact in Rogue One, specifically how he and Jin will interact, and we also then touch upon the basis of the relationship between Saw and Jin, considering that Gareth Edwards has said, basically, that she is going to end up living with and being raised by Saw Gerrera and his band of partisans. That being at some point in between the flashback during Rogue One and the real-time events of Rogue One, as it were. And that is going to do it for our spoiler-filled reveal about Saw and his role in Star Wars Catalyst, a Rogue One novel which sets up his relationship with the Ursos. I've got a trivia question for you on the other side of the break, so stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser, you're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com slash SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. I've got a trivia question for you and some good wishes from Jyn So, May the Force be with us. Last time I asked you, in what studios were the interior scenes, among others, shot for The Force Awakens, and those were in Pinewood Studios. Today's question, where were the scenes on Jakku filmed? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you engage those Star Destroyers at point-blank range, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not the shortest offensive of all time. It's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It's intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars And my We hope you love it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durban Marshall credit card bill